the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and today you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. So thank you for joining us, whether you're listening on the radio or on a podcast online. Whoever you are, wherever you are, a warm welcome. So what is this show all about? Well, this show is about how Jesus has called us to serve as his hands and feet, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our communities, in our families, in the world that we are in. And today we're blessed to have, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to take uh, a liberty, an old friend. His name is Rosie, uh, Rosie Romero. And uh, Rosie, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate being here. So Rosie is a man <clears throat> that wears many hats, and uh, he's, a, he's a talented gentleman in any way. But uh, you might even know Rosie from his own radio show. And so this is where he shows me up on radio skills. <laughs> and uh, but uh, Rosie, first of all, yes, tell us about you know. Uh, so Rosie on the house, you have this this t-shirt this on. Uh, so what is Rosie on the house? Well, it's a it's a homeowner focused radio show, call in question and answer, and we've been doing it for thirty five years. And they treat me just the same way. They they treated me today. They don't let me push any buttons. <laughs> they, they tell me, look, you sit there, you talk into that microphone. We will tell you who's calling, what the questions are, and you just answer their questions. So we've been doing that for a good long while. Uh, it all got started really on a, on the, on a, on a dare. Uh, I, I witnessed someone doing a show like that in Atlanta. They said, now we dare you to go home and try it. And I did, and we've been doing it ever since. So we've got uh, about 40,000 questions answered live on air. I think it's about 80,000 broadcast hours. Wow. Um, and like I say, celebrating 35 years. So we just try and be – and we're, we're Arizona. Um, I've only built in Arizona significantly. Okay. We, we go around and we build projects for certain ministries, but I don't know enough about building a house in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, Stick you know, to what you know Or Portland, Maine yeah. um, I wouldn't be able to go into the depth I need to That I feel comfortable covering So we cover we cover Arizona homeowners And the, the objective of the show Is to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend Wow Now I have a question Those 40,000 questions Were at least 35,000 from me <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I didn't say forty thousand separate questions. Oh, okay. uh, it, 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 Julian, to, 
there are many questions asked over and over and over in different ways. Right, right. So, <laughs> and so Rosie, so um, you know, uh, we've been talking prior to the show, and you've been you were telling me how you are there to to help guide people from uh, to to not receive, shall we just say, bad advice from uh, people selling their selling their wares. And so, so you you've just been guiding people. Uh, t- tell us a bit more about that. Well. Uh, my dad was a physician, and he talked me out of medicine because um, he didn't think it was good for me to go into medicine if I fainted every time I saw blood. <laughs> so I I went to work for an architect as just an office boy and a driver and delivering blueprints and watching behind the scenes. And uh, he talked me out of architecture. Uh, he said, you really make a good engineer. <laughs> you can't design your way out of a paper bag, but you'd make a good engineer. So I went into engineering and construction and loved it from the first day I strapped on a nail apron. And uh, in the 70s and the 80s, uh, the Phoenix market was very transient. There were no very few second-generation companies. Uh, Primarily, they were contractors that landed here after World War II. Maybe they had uh, spent an amount of time at Luke, kind of liked the desert and moved here permanently. Air conditioning hit in the late 50s. Uh, Phoenix population exploded. And they were all either transient. They were on their way to California and they stopped here to take care of a boom, you know, to ride out a boom. Or they were about ready to, they had reached the age they were retiring. Mm. So the contractor base in Maricopa County in particular was at a very transitory stage. And there were a lot of people moving here that didn't know how to build in Arizona. A lot of mistakes were being made. And we just felt like that if we could be the voice of reason, this is the right way to do things. If you're considering building, remodeling, improving, or maintaining your house, home, castle, or cabin in Arizona, we'll give you the right way to do it. And we'll give you the information for free. Well, that's great. So, so that's how it all started. You know, in all industries, you have these wonderful people who uh, turn up, <clears throat> do the job, do it well, get paid, and give a warranty and, and move on to the next product. You know, and so there's wonderful contractors in, in, in every area in this state. But also there may be one or two who aren't quite as stellar. And so, so, you, so you, you, you help advise people for free on um, – uh, on how to identify uh, problems in construction and how to resolve them. Yeah, and what to avoid. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of times, homeowners will perceive a problem and then they'll chase the largest advertiser in that category, which really isn't the right way to identify a problem or pursue a solution. So we just like to be that voice where, okay, tell me what you, what what are you dealing with? Okay, in my experience, based on this, this, and this, we ought to look at that and that and that. And let's start there. Um, so. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> also, you know, I've been speaking to a few people at uh, local church, Camelback Bible. Yeah. Uh, big shout out for Camelback. <laughs> and uh, how also you go um, to people's ho- houses and tell them how to make sure that they're secure. Uh, I mean, you've done, you done it at my house, you know. And so give us a few. Um, it's not really what the show's about, but in a sense now you're, you're giving, helping people or listening on the radio. How, how, how can people secure uh, their houses. Well, you know, a part of the the uh, radio broadcast involves public appearances and public speaking. So we yeah. we have some topics that we've packaged 
that seem to have a high interest level with homeowners. And one of them is home security. Um, I tell people all the time when I meet them at their house that, uh, you know, if, if you'll get in your car, if you'll lock your house, get in your car and go buy me a donut and a cup of coffee at the nearest donut shop, when you get back, I'll be in your house drinking your coffee. There isn't a house that can't be broken into. And not for the purpose of scaring people, but to bring their attention to it. If someone wants to get in, they're going to get in. So the first thing you need to do is make your house the least desirable target. Um, Generally speaking, the great percentage of break-ins occur during the afternoon when they're assumed the house is empty. And it goes right through the front door. So make sure your front door is as visible to the street as possible. Don't plant plants or put up screen walls that block the view of your front door. Keep your front door completely open. Um, if you use, uh, if you have sliding windows, sliding back patio doors, and you put a stick in the rail to keep them from sliding, and you think you're stopping them from coming in, you're not doing a thing. That's a huge sense of false security. If I can lift that sliding window or lift that sliding door, I can get in. I don't need to slide it at all. Mm. Okay. So the locks that keep you from lifting the sliding window are the ones that are going to get you the security you need. And the most important thing is when someone gets in the house, where's the first place they're going to go? Tell me. It's the master bedroom and it's the closet and they're looking for the jewelry. Okay. And they're going to ransack every drawer you have in the master bedroom. So don't keep valuable family heirloom jewelry in the master bedroom. Keep it in an empty oatmeal container on the top shelf in the laundry room. Okay? Keep it anywhere but the master bedroom. And the other thing people need to know is don't um, – I'm a big, big, big fan of any cybersecurity. Uh, identity theft, the, the most valuable thing they can steal once they break in is your identity. So if you have a station or an office at your house and you have a file on the hanging on the wall, bills to be paid, bills to be filed, accounts to be reconciled. I mean, they may just go in there and rip your computer tower out, but they may also grab a whole bunch of invoices and statements to try and get accounts that they can use later. And once they have your identity, the reason it's so profitable is they can sell it over and over and over. It's like an annuity to them. Wow. So I'm a big, big fan of the lockdown systems that you can buy and subscribe to. They, they seem to work very well. We, we have been a victim yeah. of identity theft, and it's, it's two and a half years of, of getting things straightened out. Well, then what is a lockdown system? Well, you, you've heard, probably the original one, the most popular one, is LifeLock. You know, and they charge you seventy dollars a year to oh, to monitor so your social your, security, your your identity. Okay, and they alert you. Hey, you know, someone in New York City is trying to buy a Cadillac uh, on your credit card. Right? Is, is that you? Wow. <laughs> yeah, if they try and buy it on my credit card, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, that's great advice. You know, yeah. because so protect your identity and make sure your home is the least desirable target in the neighborhood. And then once you make your house the least desirable visual target, then go visit with your neighbors and have them do the same. Then your community becomes the least desirable community. I tell people all the time, you know, if you and I are 
walking in the woods some spring and the bears are coming out of hibernation and they're hungry yeah. and they come running after us. I don't have to outrun the bear. Right. You just have to outrun me. I just have to outrun <laughs> you. So you become the most desirable target. Make sure your house is the least desirable target. Okay. So you hear that on the radio. There's, uh, <laughs> in a sense of uh, adding some additional security, not scaremongering at all, but it can't hurt. So uh, a little bit of security uh, around the home. And so uh, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have Rosie, Rosie Romero from uh, Rosie on the House here. So Rosie gives advice to people on uh, on construction, on good construction, bad construction, what to look for in contractors, and also how to secure your home. But there's much more to you, Rosie. You know, um, and so uh, I know that you've been utilizing your skills, uh, your abilities in construction, uh, offering them to people all around the world in in regards to uh, advice for. Um, missions or sort of other other Christian organizations. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I, I do know construction. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of going places I can't get to uh, if, if it takes something more than an F-250 pickup truck. <laughs> but when we send a team uh, to Poland, to Russia, um, to Papua New Guinea, um, I'm just trying to think of the place of Spain, uh, uh, we've been uh, several times to Mexico. They'll need the material list put together. They'll need the material list secured, packed, freighted, and shipped. So I do a lot of that, and then I'll do a, some interviewing of the volunteers that are going to try and find out what experience you have in any of these trades, and I'll kind of organize the team and let them go. Now, if it's in the States, then I'm generally there with them. I mean, we took we took 60 men uh, for two weeks, uh, or 10 days, to uh, New Orleans uh, a month after Katrina hit. Ah. So we were doing a uh, – uh, we were rebuilding a Baptist church, a uh, unplanned pregnancy center, uh, and, then a, and then a third small uh, neighborhood community church. So um, we brought the guys. Uh, we had drivers. Uh, there was no material available. So we were actually uh, – we sent advanced teams to drive to Houston, uh, Birmingham, uh, Destin, um, Shreveport, Lake Charles, and round up building materials in big U-Haul trucks. And then they would show up to our sites. We'd unload them. They'd go sleep during the day, and then that afternoon we'd give them another list. All All these hardware stores were staying open 24 hours at the time. So then those big panel trucks would go five different directions, round up the material, and then they'd show up in the morning. We'd unload them. They'd go – the drivers would go sleep, and then they'd meet us in the afternoon. So we would just organize the men and uh, – you know, and then – so we, we've done that. But my real passion, Julian, is Arizona. Mm. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, like, I like taking the message to my backyard. That's where my heart is. Yeah. And um, I talk a little bit about my F-250. There's, there's probably not a dirt road in Arizona I haven't been down. <laughs> and I love rural Arizona. And you would be driving the back roads and you'd come into a community and there'd be certain denominational churches where the hedges were trimmed, uh, the paint was perfect, 
Uh, there was not a missing a single roof shingle. And then the little evangelical church at the end of the street would have the doors hanging off its hinges. <laughs> uh, no landscaping, no nothing. So we developed a, a passion for trying to bring the non-denominational evangelical Christian churches the help they needed in rural Arizona to get their facilities up to a point where they didn't have to worry about them anymore. Right. They would be fixed. They would be fixed with good permanent materials, as close to permanent material as possible, yeah. and they could get on with the ministry of reaching the community. Oh, man. So oh, man. that's that's where my heart lies, and we've planted churches. Um, to Thursday, I'm actually driving uh, 250 miles on the border of Arizona and New Mexico to a church we planted in 92, and I'm signing a contract Thursday for a contractor in the area to double the size of the church. Wow. So we're pretty excited Double. about that. Double the size of the church. The <laughs> sanctuary needs to increase 100%. They, they plant, they've been a plant there, and uh, they've grown. You know, it, it, it's an area that has just exploded with people coming in. And so the, the timing was perfect. Wow. That's a happy problem to so, have. Yeah, it is. So we, <laughs> we continue traveling the back roads of Arizona looking for those little churches that just need uh, – the, the property itself needs a little love and attention. And then – they may or may not have a full-time pastor. So we work with a seminary here in town, and we put a stable of traveling pastors and students that are willing to go, and musicians. So small rural churches that may be attended by 15 or 20 people that drive in a good distance on dirt roads from their ranches to a community building have been having a worship service with a cassette tape, maybe. you know, wow. <laughs> that's, oh. that's their worship music you know, oh. uh, on a little portable yeah. portable deck. Um, and then uh, whoever has studied that week will get up and share a message. Well, we can bring them Christian musicians. We can bring them trained theologians, and we can in, we can step the experience up for them just a little bit. And when we when we do that, then we see a growth in attendance yeah. that can then become self sustaining to support a full pastor. And we do what we can to interview, hire, recruit, and subsidize and support those little independent churches all over Arizona. And there's about 40 of them. Wow. 40? 40. So, Rosie, how, you know, uh, construction is, uh, it, it, it could be a hard, you know, industry as well. I mean, there's timelines, you know, there's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, well, I'll get it built for you sometime. It's like, no, 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 there's there's a timeline that you have to work to, schedules, deadlines, finding uh, the materials, particularly in this supply chain, difficulties we're having at this point in time. Um, you know, and the one thing, I, one thing I know about construction is that, uh, you know, is uh, – there's lots of surprises you know you take down a wall and like oh <laughs> you know there's some some constructive construction has gone on here in the 60s or or you know some something creative so uh rosie you know i'm sure with all of the building that you do um uh how do you find the time to do all of these other things well good good staff good teams, um, both at the construction company, at the radio broadcast company, and good members of the volunteer travel team. I mean, it's a it's a group of guys we've worked with off and on now for about 30 years, and just the phone call, you know, hey, we've got such and such a project at such and such a location. On this kind of a schedule, material will be delivering here, 
Are you available? I'm not, but, you know, I think two of, two of my superintendents will be. Let me check with them. And we just kind of put the team together and run, run over to wherever and try and knock it out. And we try and do it in a way um, that we get there, like, for an example, we, we put two churches together here in the valley. Actually, it was three churches here in the valley to rebuild a um, unplanned pregnancy center in Springerville, Arizona. They had a facility there. We we took a pretty good group of guys, and we worked 24 hours a day. Um, we gutted the inside of the building, rewired it, replumbed it, re-insulated it, sheetrocked it, painted it, put in new doors and floor covering, uh, and added about about 1,200 square feet to it. We showed up on Wednesday night, and we left on Tuesday morning. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... And we had participation with building inspectors who decided they'd work through the weekend, and we would just call them and say, "We're ready for this. We're ready for that." They would drop by, give us our green tag, and we and just rocking and rolling. Wow! So I'm sure to most people hearing, that's kind of not the experience that they've had, you know. With the- <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 just swarm it and attack it. You know, I'm 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 kind of. Yeah. I'm a, they say I'm a little competitive, <laughs> so don't dare me to do any. Someone dared me one time to uh, guarantee I could finish every remodeling project on time. Oh. And that was in 1992. So my company promised every customer we were going to finish their job on time and on budget or we were going to give them the job for free. Wow. So that had us develop some efficiencies in purchasing and, and designing the manpower and the teams to make sure we never had to give a job away free. But wow. we use the same things we learned there yeah. to go swarm a project with the right team, the right yeah. materials. Um, and, and you've just got contingency plans, A, yeah. B, C. And the thing about uh, finding surprises, we don't find many surprises in Arizona because all the housing inventory is so new. I mean, 90% of the houses you're going to work on have been built since the 50s, you know. Uh, I have friends in Boston that say, Rosie, the average home we remodel is 240 years old. <laughs> we don't have to worry about any and all of that. So right. we can look at the house, know what vintage it's in, and pretty well know ahead of time what we're going to find so, most of the time. <laughs> very, very few surprises when you've done it as long as we have. So you're saying like it's really a teamwork, a team effort. Like Absolutely. You're finding a project, a community, a church, a person in need, and it's about coming together as part of a team that you don't have to be a lone ranger and save the world by yourself, but 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 coming in along with others helps you to do things that by yourself you couldn't do alone. Oh, absolutely. You know, we'd never be able to do um, – and, and, and we do this um, all at no cost to the church. So it's organizing the volunteer labor with the hearts set on getting it done. Um, the generous participation of those people and the contacts we have in the material area. Um, it, 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 it takes, I mean, it literally takes dozens and dozens of people, even to do the smallest of jobs. To get it all done and coordinated and pulled off in a time, timely, quick manner at no cost. And what would you say to, to, to myself, Rosie? What would you say to those listening who are thinking, uh, 
you know, well, what, what, what can I do? What, what, how can I contribute to the kingdom? How can I contribute to other people? You know, I, I, uh, I don't really know where to start. You know, Rosie seems to have this like complex uh, system sorted out, but uh, perhaps Rosie's uh, a spiritual superhero. You know, perhaps he's. Uh, but what, what would you say to me? What would you say to those listening in, in regards to how they can start the process of reaching out to their community and serving? For for a young Christian. I, I would say the Spirit is going to plant in you a vision to see need. And wherever you see need, put yourself to work. Uh, for a more mature Christian, someone who's been in it for a little while, I'd say look back at the wake that you've caused in your life. Mm. Um, what what were the richest blessings? What What were the things that seemed to be planted for the kingdom? And and focus on those things. Mm. Well, so so call, call upon the uh, the Holy Spirit and look for the need that's already around you. You know, uh, it doesn't. Uh, it can be the other side of the world, but uh, it also could be your next door neighbor. Sure, good. Find that need and pray how you can be involved in in uh, in filling it. Well, well, Rosie, just a, a big thank you to you for taking the time to come in and. Uh, Again, for those who are listening, uh, pray. How is the Lord calling you? You may not be called to, to fly around the world. You may not be called to, to, to build churches, but you are called and gifted to do something. So today, pray. Pray what that might be so that you too can be involved in serving and being Jesus' hands and feet. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.